Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirala Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichis, Chedek Yitzayin, Parshas Emmer, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learned the Rashi on the words Sheshus Yamim that speak about the mitzvah of Shabbos. And there are five parts on the sicha. The rebel, number one, ask two questions on Rashi. Number two, reject answers for each of these questions. Number three, present the key, which is what is and what is not bothering Rashi. Number four, based on this, answer both questions on Rashi. And number five, present the Yenishul Torah in Rashi. We already discussed many times the utmost preciseness, the utmost precision of the teachings of Rashi on the Torah. And this is not just true in regards to the words in the teachings of Rashi, but rather also in regards to the words that Rashi quotes from the Pasuk. Those are also very precise. According to this, we have to understand, in the beginning of the Parsha Samayadis, where the Torah teaches us in our Parsha about the Yavim Tevim, so after the introduction of where it says, Vayadabar Hashem al that Hashem instructed Moshe Rabbeinu to teach the Yidden about the Yom Tevim. So then the Pasuk says, For six days work shall be done. The seventh day is Shabbos Shabbos in No work should be done. You shouldn't do any work on this day of Shabbos. And then the Torah continues, these are the Yom Tevim, and it details all the Mayadim, all the Yom Tevim. So Rashi quotes the words Sheshes Yamim. It says in the Pasuk, Sheshes Yamim Tiasim Alecha. So Rashi quotes the words Sheshes Yamim, and he explains, Ma'inin Shabbos Eitzel Mayadis. Why is Shabbos over here? What's the connection between Shabbos and the Yom Tevim? The Torah begins that Hashem instructed Moshe to teach the Eden about the Yom Tevim, and then it speaks about Shabbos, and only afterwards goes to the Yom Tevim. Where, why does Shabbos get inserted over here? What's the connection? And Rashi answers, it's to teach you that anyone who is Machal the Yamtevim, the Torah considers it as if they were Machal Shabbos. And whoever keeps and fulfills the Yamtevim, the Torah considers it as if they kept and fulfilled Shabbos. And so the question over here is that it's not understood. The difficulty is, in the words of Rashi, Rashi asks, So the question is, in the Pasuk, the difficulty in the Pasuk, as Rashi says, is what's the connection between Shabbos and the Mayades? If so, so Rashi should have quoted the words, because that's what he's coming to explain, why is Shabbos being taught here? And not the words, Yamim. the question is about Shabbos, not about Yamim. And instead, Rashi quotes the words, Yamim, and not Shabbos, and he doesn't even hint to the later words by writing the Gamer. completely ignores them. His whole teaching is on the words, Yamim, not on Shabbos. And it's exclusively and solely on Sheshes Yamim. He doesn't even hint to the rest of the Pasuk that speaks about Shabbos by writing for Gamer. So why is this? Why is Rashi writing his teaching on the words Sheshes Yamim? Now, Lechayur, we could explain that when Rashi quotes the words Sheshes Yamim, so his intention is not just these two words. He's not giving a teaching on the words Sheshes Yamim, but rather he's using these two words as the start of the whole Pasuk. So Rashi says, Sheshes Yamim, he's going to be explaining this entire Pasuk that starts with these two words. But it doesn't mean to say that he's explaining these two words alone. And as we indeed find, that Rashi does this elsewhere. By, in Pasha's Tzavir, where it says, Va'asu Asa'ifid, Rashi gives an explanation on everything that's written about the Eifid, but the header, the words that he quotes on the Pasuk are just Va'asu Asa'ifid, because he says, Va'asu Asa'ifid, these are the title, the header words about the entire Parsha that discusses and teaches about the Eifid, and Rashi now teaches 
everything that he wants to tell us about the Eifid. And so too in the next Pasuk, in our parsha, where it says, Hashem, and Rashi gives an explanation on the whole Pasuk. He's just quoting these three words as the header, the title of the whole Pasuk, and his explanations on the whole Pasuk. But these are just the words that represent the whole Pasuk. And he does it in those places without adding Vigamer. So so too here we can say, Rashi is giving his teaching on the whole Pasuk that talks about Shabbos. And he quotes the start words of the Pasuk to indicate that his teaching is on this whole Pasuk. And so with Sheshis Yamim, even with Advagamer, he needs to say, I'm saying a teaching now in the Pasuk that starts with the words Sheshis Yamim. However, we can answer this over here because Rashi only quotes the starting words of an Inyan when those starting words contain in them the basic idea of the whole Inyan. Like in the above examples, Rashi quotes the words which say, and they should make the Ephod. So now he can tell us everything about the Ephod. Rashi doesn't just quote the word Va'asu. He quotes Va'asu Esa Ephod, which those three words capture in them the whole idea of the Ephod. So too in the Rashi, in our parasha, after this Rashi, where Rashi quotes the words Hashem, he doesn't just say Eile. He says Hashem, that these three words capture the whole idea of the Pasuk. However, here in our Pasuk, Rashi is explaining, as he says, Ma'inyan Shabbos. Why is Shabbos being taught here? And the starting words of Sheshis Yamim don't contain the Indian of Shabbos at all. Sheshis Yamim doesn't say anything about Shabbos. And so the question remains, if Rashi's teaching is, as he says, to explain why is Shabbos being written here, so then why is he saying his teaching on the words Sheshis Yamim? Another question on the Lushan, on the wording, on the language of Rashi is, why does Rashi begin with the negative of Shekola Mechala Lesamayadis and not the positive of Shekola Mechai Lesamayadis? In the logical way of presenting something, you would say, whoever fulfills this, it's like they fulfill that. And whoever desecrates this, it's like they desecrated that. You start with the positive and then you move on to the negative. And this is especially since the Pusik speaks in the positive. The Torah over here speaks about fulfilling and keeping Shabbos. So Rashi should first say it's compared in the sense that whoever keeps and fulfills Shabbos is like they're keeping and fulfilling Yom Tov. And whoever desecrates Shabbos, it's as if they're desecrating Yom Tov. So why does Rashi present it in the negative and then the positive? Logically, positive should come before negative and also in terms of fitting with the Pasuk. And even though Rashi takes this teaching from the Medrash in the Teres Kayanim, where it's taught this way, first the negative and then the positive. So since it's the source, you'd say that's where Rashi presents it this way as well. However, in addition to the fact that the Teres Kayanim teaches it on the Pasuk in general and not on the specifics and the wording as Rashi does, Rashi quotes the words Sheshis Yomim, but in addition to that, it's known that Rashi presents teachings from Adrashim in such a way that they relate to and that they are in the style of Peshut HaShemikra. And so Rashi will make such changes. So why doesn't he do that over here? So Lechayru can answer this question that the intent of the Pasuk over here in comparing Yom Tov to Shabbos, why is the Pasuk even comparing them? It's mainly to caution against thinking that it's okay to be lenient about doing Malacha and Yom Tov because the whole establishment of Yom Tov and as a result, the Isra of Malacha and Yom Tov depends on Bezdin. Yom Tov is established by Bezdin based on when they determine Mishchidosh is, that will determine when Yom Tov is. So the whole point over here of the Pasa comparing Yom Tov to Shabbos is to caution against thinking that it's okay to be lenient about doing Malacha and Yom Tov. So when we look at the wording of the Pasuk, maybe it's in the positive, but the intent of the Pasuk mentioning Shabbos here in the first place is to caution about the severity of Malacha and Yom Tov. And so therefore, the main emphasis and caution is on the Kala Mechalal Esa Mayades, Mailen Olav Kilu The whole emphasis of the Pasuk, not when we look at the wording, but we look at the intention of the Pasuk, is to caution about being mechalal yomtif, against desecrating yomtif. And so therefore, when Rashi says his teaching on this Pasuk, he begins with the main point of the Pasuk, which is uh, the severity of being mechalal yomtif. And only afterwards he mentions the continuation of the teaching that also compares them in terms of keeping and fulfilling 
Yom Tov. However, this answer is not enough because since the Pasuk makes the comparison in the positive, even though the intent is to caution against desecrating, being Mechal Yom Tov, but since the Pasuk actually makes the comparison in the positive, and it's through that that we also learn about the negative, so therefore Rashi, in explaining the Pasuk, Rashi is explaining the Pasuk, so he has to follow the lead of the Pasuk. So he should also only mention the positive, or at the very least, start with the positive. So even though the intent may be the negative, but since the Pasuk teaches it in the positive, and it's through the positive that we come to the negative, so Rashi was explaining the Pasuk should teach it in that way, focus on the positive, either exclusively the positive, or at the very least, start with the positive. Now we're going to move straight into answering the questions, and we're going to begin with the main point of the answer. The main point of the answer, which is the key to understanding this whole Rashi, is to understand what is and what isn't bothering Rashi here. We're going to see that what we thought is bothering Rashi is not bothering Rashi, and it's actually something different which is bothering Rashi. So that's the main point over here, is just to focus on what is and what isn't bothering Rashi. And in the process, we're also going to partially answer question number one about why does Rashi quote the words Sheshis Yomim and not Uvayim Hashvi Shabbos. So the explanation in this is as follows. The question of Ma Inyan Shabbos Eitzel Amoyadeis on its own is actually not a big question in Shudosh Mikra. It's not such a question why is Shabbos being mentioned here, since as a number of Mefarshi Atera indeed answer, also Shabbos is included in Eilam Mayad Hashem, since it can be called a Yom Mayad, being that it's Asr Ben Malacha. So it's not really a great difficulty that Shabbos is inserted over here. And even if we say that Shabbos cannot be included in Eilam Mayad Hashem, Asher Tikru'u, that you're making, since Shabbos is not made by Bezdin, it happens automatically on its own. But we can still learn that the Pasuk mentions Shabbos as a side point in order to point out that the differences between Shabbos and Yom Tif. There are two differences. Number one, Shabbos isn't dependent on Bezdin. It happens automatically every seven days. And number two, Shabbos is, is also called Shabbos Shabbosin, since also Malachas Eichel Nefesh is also in it. On Yom Tov, a person can do Malachas with food, and on Shabbos, even such Malachas are forbidden, and that's why it's called Shabbos Shabbosin. So the question, in Shabbos this on its own, is not really such a big question in Peshut HaShemekra, and that's not what Rashi is coming to ask over here. The difficulty Rashi is addressing is the introductory words of Sheshis Yamim Te'asim Malacha. That's what's bothering Rashi. Why does the terrorist start over here? If it wants to teach and mention Shabbos among the Moyed Hashem, either because it belongs there or to, to contrast them, it should just talk about Shabbos. Why does it start with the words Sheshis Yom and Te'asem Now, in the first Sivri in the Torah, regarding Shabbos, over there it says also Sheshis Yomim. So there it's understood why the Torah first needs to say Sheshis Yomim. Because since the Torah is teaching now for the very first time that it's also to do Malacha on Shabbos, so... The Torah needs to reassure us not to worry about Parnassah, since there's nothing to worry about since you can work for six days. And furthermore, besides for that point, that it makes sense to teach it over there in order to reassure a person that they could work for six days, number one, it fits with the continuation there that presents the reason for Shemir Shabbos, which is Hashem created the world in six days, and he rested on the seventh. So you too work for six days and rest on the seventh. And number two, we learn actually something from There's a teaching there. That's why it has to be taught. We learn that It's a do all your work. It's telling us that when Shabbos comes, you should experience it and see it as if all your work is already done. And now you could have Shabbos in complete and total peace. And so the fact that it teaches it over there is not a difficulty, but over here, that's what's bothering Rashi. Why is Shesh Yom written here? And it's this difficulty 
The Rashi answers by saying, That's the difficulty that Rashi is coming to answer. So the main thing that we did over here before we continue is to draw attention to what is the question that Rashi has here. Based on this, we'll see how all the questions are answered. And we also partially answered our first question. Now we understand why Rashi quotes the words Sheshes Yomim and not Uvayim Shvi Shabbos because the difficulty is on the word Sheshes Yomim. We still have to understand why does Rashi quote specifically Sheshes Yomim and not Sheshes Yomim Tavrid. But we partially answered the question. Now let's continue back with what, where we left off. Rashi over here says, He's explained that the Pasuk wants to compare the severity of doing Malacha on the Mayadis to the severity of doing Malacha on Shabbos. And based on this, it's understood why the Torah starts with the introduction of It's these words that communicate to us, as we'll see, that we could compare the severity of Malacha on Yom Tev to the severity of Yom Tev, of Malacha on Shabbos. And so Rashi tells us, Sheishis Yamim, why does it say here Sheishis Yamim? As we'll explain in the continuation, these words teach us to compare the severity of Malacha on Yom Tev to the severity of Malacha on Shabbos. So now we're going to move on to understanding this teaching of Rashi. We said Rashi says that from the words Sheishis Yamim, we learn to compare the severity of doing Malacha on Yom Tev to the severity of doing Malacha on Shabbos. How, does, how do we learn it from the words Sheishis Yamim? And then after we explain this, we'll move on to answering the first question in its entirety and also the second question. So the explanation of this teaching is as follows. Sheishis Yamim doesn't only indicate a total of six individual days. But rather, it also means an entity of six days. Sheishis Yomim is one group, one entity of six days. As Rashi teaches a few psukim later, and also he teaches it earlier in Sefer Shmois uh, a couple of times, that Komakim Shenemar Shivas Shem Daverhu. Whenever it's a Shivas, it's not just a number, it's actually an entity of Shavua Shalyamim, a week of days. It's a week, it's not talking about just a number seven, it's an entity, like a week is an entity. They're all an entity besides just being an, a quantity of days. And this is what Sheshes Yomim Teasa means. Hashem gave a distinct entity of Sheshes Yomim that only then is a person allowed to do Malacha. So this means that any time that's not included in the mundane Sheshes Yomim, they are also be Malacha and all equally. So according to this, it's understood why the Torah prefaces the start of the Parshas Amaydis with saying, With this, the Torah defines two general categories and types of time in regards to doing malacha. One is the time of Sheshis Yomim. That's a time which is mutter, it's permitted for a person to do malacha. And then there are all other times. They're not in the Sheshis Yomim, and they are all equally Asr b'malacha. And according to this, it's understood how we learn from this that even though regarding the punishment of Isam Malacha on Yom Tev, it isn't the same as the punishment for Isam Malacha on Shabbos. But nevertheless, the Isr Malacha, the actual Isr, not the punishment, the Isr Malacha of Yom Tev is in the same category as the Isr Malacha of Shabbos. It's a time which is outside of the mundane Sheshis Yamim. And the Torah tells us there are two categories of time. The Sheshis Yamim are mutter, and all other times are equally Asr. So now we understand what was troubling Rashi. It's the introductory words of Sheshis Yamim. And we understand his teaching. 
and how he takes this teaching from those words. That Sheshis Yamim is telling us there is a defined and distinct time of six days of Chayl, and they're the only times that are Mutter and Malacha. All others are in the second category of time, which is Asr and Malacha, and they're all equally in that category, and so we could compare the severity of doing Malacha on Yom Tiv to the severity of doing Malacha on Shabbos. And in the next section, we'll see how all of this will explain and answer to us the two questions, the two questions that we had on Rashi. Now that we understand what isn't and what is bothering Rashi in the Pasuk, and how Rashi answers the question in the Pasuk, we can move on to directly and fully answering question number one, and also answering question number two. So according to this, it's understood why Rashi only quotes the words Sheshis Yamim, and he doesn't even add Vagamer, because with this Rashi emphasizes that Sheshis Yamim is a distinct entity and category of time for itself, and that the continuation in the Pasuk of Avayim is not a continuation to the Sheshis Yamim. We shouldn't read it in the context of you can't do Malacha on Shabbos, so the Torah tells us the six days you could do Malacha and the seventh day you can't. No, the Torah is telling us Sheshis Yamim is a distinct entity, and so the continuation when it talks about Shabbos, Shabbos is a separate category of time, which is Asr B'Malacha. And therefore, once it's telling us that there are two entities of time, so we can learn that Kala Machalal, by Yom Tov is like the Mechal Shabbos, Bechol HaMakayim by Yom Tov is like the Mechayim by Shabbos. And Rashi also doesn't add the words Te'asa Malacha. Not only doesn't he write Avayim HaShvi, and he only writes Sheshes Yomim, he doesn't even add Sheshes Yomim Te'asa Malacha. So there's two explanations for this. Either since that's voluntary, the Torah is not telling us you have to do Malacha, it's voluntary. And the difference between the Sheshes Yomim and Shabbos and Yom Tov, on the other hand, is in Isra Malacha. There's not, there's two distinct entities of time. One where malacha is not asr, and one where it is asr. It's about isr malacha. It's not about voluntary malacha. And the teyasa malacha is a voluntary aspect. And we can also say that Rashi Sheshes Yamim referring to the whole continued discussion, like we said by Va'aswa Sa'ifid. He means to say Sheshes Yamim of teyasa malacha. And according to this, we can also understand the order of first saying kolamachalal in the negative and only afterwards v'cholamachayim in the positive. Because since we learned the general comparison of Shabbos to Yom Tif, from Sheshis Yomim, that Sheshis Yomim is a distinct entity of time where a person is not Asr and Malacha, and all other times are Asr and Malacha, so it comes out that the teaching is regarding Chilol Yom Tif. It's telling us Sheshis Yomim, there's no Asr Malacha, and Otherwise, if it's not in the Sheshis Yamim, which refers to Shabbos and Yom Tov, then it is Asr in Malacha. So it's talking about the Isr of Malacha, which relates to Chilol of Yom Tov, not keeping this Isr, desecrating this Isr. So it's saying that someone who is Mechalal Yom Tov by doing Malacha, that with this they are transgressing, they're being over the categorization and limitation of the Sheshis Yamim by bringing, they're bringing basically into the time of Heter, a time that is Asr, which is outside of the Sheshis Yomim. We're talking about Shabbos, in this case, Yom Tif. So therefore, it's as if the person is Mechal Shabbos. And Mechal Lava From the negative, we hear the positive. That if someone who desecrates Yom Tif, it's like they're desecrating Shabbos. So we also learn that Mechal HaMakayim Esamayadis, Ma'alin Olav Kilu Kimis And with that, we answered both questions. So the key was understanding what in the Pasuk is bothering Rashi. Besides for what's not bothering Rashi, what is bothering Rashi, and how he answers it. Based on that, we can understand which which, and why which words Rashi quotes on the Pasuk, and how he presents the teaching in the negative, and only afterwards the positive. From the initial Torah in this Rashi, it's known that Chazal say on Sheshis Yom Taved, they say, Zu This is a Mitzvah This means that doing Malacha during the six weeks days is not just Mutter according to Torah, but rather it's a Mitzvah, and it's a Derech, it's a path in the Avedis Hashem of Yid. 
And as it's known that there must first be the introduction, it says, So there must first be the introduction of and afterwards comes the However, on the other hand, this approach and path, this derech, is only necessary because of the physical body of a yid. That because of the hell of the hester of the body, so according to Torah, a yid must conduct oneself according to the ways of Teva. And this is similar to the saying of Chazal that you can't rely on a miracle. And Dina Damachus Dina. It's because of the Helen Behester of the body that we say there has to be the Tase, the Mulach Aviyid. However, from the perspective of the Nisham Aviyid, so not only isn't it necessary to do Mulacha, but on the contrary, there should be no Mulacha at all. Because since the Nishama isn't confined to the body in its nature, and the Nishama wasn't placed in Gullus, but rather the Nishama is entirely above the Helen Behester of the world, and on that level, doing malacha is similar to what it says, man someone who gestures in front of the king is chayiv misa. The neshama is standing right in front of the king. There's no helm of Hester. It's always right in front of the abishter. And so over there, there shouldn't be any malacha whatsoever. And this is similar to, to if someone is mispal kolayim kulay. It says halavai that a person should be mispal kolayim kulay. Halavai a person should be mispal shmoneser the whole day. That in shmoneser a person is forbidden to do malacha and even machvi, even to to gesture the entire time, the entire day, if someone is being mispalkalayim. And therefore, from the perspective of the neshama, a state of tishbais, of not doing any malacha is required. And these are the two extremes that are demanded of a yid. During the Sheshes Yamim, when a yid is alpiteira, occupied with their bodily needs, so then tavid is a mitzvah say. However, on the days of Shabbos and Yamtif, when the air, the light of the neshama is shining by a yid, so then one must rise and stand above their bodily matters and above their nature, and therefore, it's understood that doing malacha at such a time is inconceivable. And since the neshama is above the body, and it's above gallus, so therefore, eventually, it prevails over the body. That notwithstanding that the body exists in limits and in gallus, the power, the taikif, the potency of the neshama, which is above limitations in gallus, will shine until the neshama will actually free the body from gallus kipshuta in the gula mitzvah through Mashiach tzedkenu v'karev mamash.